This is an APTA podcast. Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. I want to welcome listeners to this latest PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty, Editor-in-Chief of PTJ. And I'm very pleased today to have as my guests Dr. Anna Rose Sinehoff from the Department of Vascular Surgery at the Katerina Hospital in Endoven, the Netherlands, and Dr. Thomas Hudgeboom. He's with the Radboond University Medical Center at the Radboon Institute for Health Sciences, IQ Healthcare, in uh, Nimegen, the Netherlands. My apologies for slaughtering your names, but welcome to both of you. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Today we're going to talk about what I see as a really important and exciting article that they just published in PTJ. The title is Using a Learning Health System to Improve Physical Therapy Care for Patients with Intermittent Claudication. Very briefly, the aim of the article is to describe a nationwide infrastructure that they created of over 2,100 physical therapists who are providing supervised exercise therapy to patients who have intermittent claudication. And the network is called Claudication Net. And it was created to routinely collect data from daily practice. But what's really exciting to me is how these data are being used through a support system that they call the Claudication Net Quality System. And the aim is to improve physical therapy care for patients with intermittent claudication. So congratulations on creating this network and the quality system. Let me start by asking you to talk a little bit about how the Claudication Net Registry has been integrated with the the quality system that you call Claudication Net Quality System to form a learning health system that's used throughout the Netherlands. What is this learning health system and why is this integration so important? I think it's useful to uh, start with a short summary of the difference between Cladication Net and the Cladication Net quality system to understand it really well. Uh, because Cladication Net started as a network of physiotherapists specialized in treating this patient population. And the quality system is an addition that came later after the network already was established in the Netherlands. And the quality system itself is uh, a data registry, as you as you said. And the aim of the quality system was to continuously improve uh, uh, healthcare, the physiotherapy care for this uh, patient population. What was the driving force? that behind creating the quality system? Because I think that's the really unique part. As you talk about in the article, there are registries uh, in other areas, both in your country and, for example, like the the registry in uh, physical therapy here in the United States. What was the driving force that led you to create this learning health quality system? 
the driving force, as, as we see it, uh, actually is a group of people who work at CloudCationNet, who has all the same ambition to improve healthcare for this patient uh, category. Uh, so first, they started a network with the specialized physiotherapists so that they can uh, uh, refer a patient to the right physiotherapist who is trained in uh, treating this patient category. And after that network was established, so for all patients in the Netherlands, there is a trained physiotherapist available uh, near their homes. Uh, next steps had to be taken to continuously improve the network, but also continuously improve this uh, physiotherapy care. So a logical next step was to uh, gather data from uh, practice uh, and use that data to further improve practice, but also uh, to uh, be transparent about what the network does and what the network has accomplished over the past years. Can I add on that? Yes, please. Because I think there's also another like really important point here that we need to address. Um, that's the person who established first established this network. Um, that has been uh, Joop Tijink, who is a vascular surgeon, who was actually quite critical on his own job, doing too many operations that ended up failing. And uh, he uh, started out seeing the potential of physical therapy care for his patient population. Um, uh, and so he start, actually started ClaudicatioNet um, with a drive to, uh, he, he sometimes jokes about this, not, not ever to do his surgery on another intermittent Claudication patient anymore. And to be quite frank, when I first heard about this, I'm, so I'm a trained physical therapist, that actually kind of bothered me in some way. I'm like, well, we're autonomous professionals and we, we should uh, be able to make choices uh, ourselves and what is a vascular surgeon uh, telling us. But uh, later on, I, 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 I better understood, like a network like this can only be worthwhile when all relevant stakeholders are invested and engaged in this. So uh, I think the driving force behind this is, definitely also the, the person who established this and set up a team wanting to uh, uh, keep pushing uh, the boundaries of what physical therapy could do for this patient population. Um, and, and the first thing was uh, to actually have people uh, follow the guidelines. Uh, so that was like the one of the first steps. Like if you want to be part of our network, uh, you have to know the guideline, you have to do a course, uh, you have to keep uh, updating your skills. And later on, we uh, the, the data uh, collection started uh, as a perspective to, to keep moving on and to keep pushing on and try to uh, uh, improve this, uh, the quality of care. So I, I thought I'd uh, add that to the story. Yeah. What, one of the unique features as I look at your work and, and think about your article and compare it to what's going on in the United States, we have examples of learning health systems. For example, Intermountain Healthcare, which is based in Utah. Um, that would be similar to the network that you've created and the quality system that you have um, created. 
But what's what's really striking to me is that you have a national network. And I can't find an example in rehab in the United States that's really nationwide. How did you what what's the what uh, sustains such a national network of providers on an ongoing basis? How do you keep it going? Well, uh, you've been to the Netherlands, right, Alan? I have. So, uh, uh, some people from outside of the Netherlands kind of describe the Netherlands as one big city with a, a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, nice parks in between. <laughs> Uh, of course, we view ourselves as a legit, legitimate uh, nation with uh, uh, around uh, 70 million people in it. But I do think that the whole scale of the Netherlands and is a little bit more feasible than the entire scale of uh, the US, US of A. Uh, so there's, there, there is uh, definitely a, a difference in size, but still... I do think uh, uh, the lessons we, we learned will definitely apply to uh, people in the U.S. I think uh, what I said before, uh, getting the right stakeholders on board, that's super important. Like our healthcare insurers have been involved in the uh, initial, uh, initial startup of the quality, uh, net quality system. Uh, they thought well, this is uh, important, uh, we want to invest. Uh, then came talks about like, maybe uh, physical therapy care should be part of uh, basic insurance. Again, uh, talks with the healthcare insurance companies and with the um, uh, Ministry of Health. And when you're, you start talking on a whole nother level, that means that um, your network will also grow towards that network. At the same time, we've also seen examples where networks just explode and you get too many people on board um, and wanting a piece of the pie, uh, so to say. Uh, and that's definitely uh, something uh, that, that we always have to be careful of. Uh, or, Well, I'm saying we, uh, because working with uh, uh, Cloudication that feels like uh, a very uh, natural thing, but uh, I'm actually a researcher from the Radboud University Medical Center who works with Claudication Net. That leads me to my next question. Why intermittent claudication? If I were to pick one area to create such a network and uh, quality system, with all due respect, it wouldn't be intermittent claudication. Why, why that focus? Yeah, that's what Thomas already uh, explained a little bit. It's it's the, the network started by a vascular surgeon, Joop Dijink, uh, with the ambition to improve healthcare for this particular patient category. So that's why the network started with intermittent education, due to his work and uh, his ambitions. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's no policy reason, but he's the one who had the passion to, to, to start yeah. it. Yeah, and, and still, he still works uh, at the head of uh, ClaudicationNet and he still has uh, the passion to uh, keep improving and keep recruiting new employees who uh, has the same ambitions and make the network grow. How do you fund the, um, the, the, the components of the quality system 
that um, generate the information that you then use with your therapist. There are real costs involved. And how do you fund that? Uh, The initial start is funded by grants of health insurances. And uh, every project that uh, that we do at Cladicationnets is all funded by uh, grants, research research grants. Okay, so yeah, but, uh, I think um, uh, it's important to know uh, that to become a member of Cladicationnet as a physical therapist or an exercise therapist, um, there there is a fee involved in that so as a um, therapist uh, you also invest a little to be part of this community Uh, in return you get uh, continued education uh, information you uh, you can be found on the website as a specialist on this topic Uh, it can mean that uh, some of the uh, health insurance companies actually um, uh, fund your work because you are a specialized therapist. Uh, and so this this uh, income is then used to keep the quality uh, system uh, up and running. But all the research that we're doing, um, those come uh, from additional grants. So I've, I've written a couple of these grants myself um, because they are interesting, but uh, therapists are not paying money to keep me entertained, of course. Um, and that's uh, something that, that I respect. Sometimes <laughs> life could be easier, I, I imagine. But um, uh, uh, finding grants for this topic has actually been quite quite easy because a lot of people see the potential uh, of working like this and kind of um, going above and beyond the guideline-based uh, uh, treatment that we've uh, we've done for so long Let, let's um, pretend I'm a, a physical therapist working in your country I have a practice uh, you've talked a little bit about some of the advantages of being part of the quadication net itself what do I get out of providing all this data that you want me to collect that is valuable to me as a physiotherapist. To me, that's the the key question that has to be answered if you're going to sustain something like this. If it doesn't help me in my day-to-day work, uh, you know, I'll try to be nice to you for a while, but it's not going to last very long. What, What do I get out of the data that's really going to be useful to me? Yeah, that's indeed a a very important question. And I think a lot of therapists don't see uh, that it's valuable for them. Uh, And I think a lot of therapists will feel that they have to gather it for Pelicationet or for me as a researcher. Um, But there are a lot of examples how uh, the physiotherapists also provide from this data. Um, For example, we've started uh, by giving back data to the physiotherapists and to show them through the website in graphs, how they uh, perform and how their practice performs, how their patients performs, and they can compare it to a benchmark of their uh, neighbor physiotherapist, but also nationwide. Uh, And we stimulate them to use that to learn from each other. So if you see that another therapist is performing better uh, with his patients, 
uh, how does that come? What does that therapist do different? And uh, another uh, very important example, which I and Thomas as well is very excited about, is uh, what we call the compass. And that's uh, our project we recently uh, sort of finished. And that's a prediction model we made using the data gathered by the physiotherapists. And that prediction model is able to uh, visualize a, a predicted outcome of therapy for an individual patient, which provide a lot of opportunities to individualize therapy, uh, to set up a treatment plan, to set up realistic treatment goals. Uh, so that's a really specific example of how we bring data back to the physiotherapist, but also bring data back to the patients to have advantage from. Can I get access to my data quickly? as a physiotherapist in your network? Sorry? Can I get access to the information? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, all physiotherapists have a personal uh, login space where they can uh, access their data. Uh, not raw data, but they can see their data in, uh, in graphs. Thomas, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I wanted to um, elaborate, elaborate a little bit more on the first thing you said, like uh, being nice to, to us for collecting data. I, I think from a personal standpoint, uh, we as physical therapists and exercise therapists have been too nice to researchers for a very long time because we've been uh, harassing them with all these questions about research and collecting data very often without uh, uh, maybe uh, too little uh, thought in how can I actually help that person who's providing me with this data. And um, uh, more and more healthcare insurance companies want people to collect data and uh, researchers want that. But the, the thing is, physical therapists will get enthusiastic about uh, collecting data when their patients are getting enthusiastic about it. I think that's the most important thing. It's um, uh, giving back to the com community uh, that actually made you. So uh, when I first heard about CloudicationNet and I, I had this idea for Compass, um, I started uh, stalking you saying, I started figuring out where he would be at certain parties and uh, 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 research gatherings. And I would be there as well. And I would tell him all the ideas that I had that we could do and uh, to give back that data uh, to, to patients on a whole new level. Um, so they were actually in the start getting their uh, data back on the level of themselves and their neighbor physical therapists and their practice and the national level. Uh, but we really wanted to push the envelope and say, like, can we give back those data on the level of the individual patient? Can you use that data to make better decisions for the person who's sitting in front of you? And um, uh, there we got some inspiration from the consultation office uh, offices in the Netherlands. I'm not sure if you have those in America as well, but when you have a kid... Uh, in the Netherlands, you bring your kid to a consultation office and they uh, measure it, uh, they uh, weigh it, and uh, they see how big their head is. And then they show you a graph saying like, 
in uh, two months, he will be or she will be this big, or, uh, that tall. Uh, but they will also warn you when um, uh, your the growth curve is different than you would expect it to be and give you some pointers on how to work on that. So when I had my kids and I brought him to the uh, consultation office, I showed them the best kid in the world, which by I don't know how it happened, but it's my kid. Um, they, uh, they were like, oh, well, in a couple of months, he will be this big. And I, I was like, okay, this is interesting. I, I was already very intrigued by the data and how they used it. But at the same time, I thought, well, I just brought in the best kid in the world and you are comparing it to all those other kids. That's impossible. And have you seen my wife? how amazing she is. You should, and in some way, uh, correct your uh, estimation for that as well. And maybe my instability as a parent as well. So, um, and they didn't do that, but at some point, one of the researchers actually started doing that in the Netherlands. And that, in the end, ended up inspiring us that um, you would get a personalized prediction based on people that look like the person who's sitting in front of you. And just by looking at the graph and seeing the different graphs over time, you can have a completely different conversation. I, I must say, uh, we started out, uh, I did this work together with, among others, uh, Andrew Kittleson. And um, we thought this is just a way to do better prediction, uh, to make it more accurate, uh, to uh, uh, improve uh, the R square. Um, but it, it ended up being so much more, but we only figured it out when physical therapists actually started using it and providing feedback and telling us stories about how they used it and inspired patients and that they never wanted to go back and that they actually feel like professionals now. So that's, yeah, that's a huge, huge step. And uh, yeah, actually something I'm, I'm quite proud of to have achieved uh, together with uh, Claudication. I think you should be. You know, in my experience, one of the challenges in pulling off this type of network is the uh, uh, risk of selection bias and the kind of data that your therapists are providing into the database. Uh, how do you deal with that threat? Well, the, the data collection is uh, mandatory when they uh, uh, are with CloudCationNet. Uh, so we see on that. But uh, it could be that physiotherapists don't fill in that they have a new patient and don't fill in data. But we feel like that uh, we stimulate physiotherapists to do providers with data and they don't have any disadvantages of of that, for if, uh, example, if they have a patient which is bad performing, it's not that we write them, uh, you're doing bad or uh, your patient is doing bad. So we feel like that there's not a large group of physiotherapists who uh, lack uh, providing this data. Do you know? It, it can, of course. Do you know what percentage of patients who have intermittent claudication and are being seen in the network are, are providing the data? No, we don't, uh, we, we can't see it. But you know, um, but, uh, our estimations 
are uh, that it's actually very high. Um, uh, there's, uh, we, we do know how many people we would assume to be in the data, uh, database uh, over a year. And uh, we can uh, look in the database how many people were actually in the database. Um, uh, and uh, those numbers um, uh, uh, seem to add up. Um, but but there's always um, there's there's always a bit of a struggle uh, when you you have a, a network like this. Also, uh, for example, um, one of the uh, professional bodies uh, in the Netherlands, um, they are not that thrilled about um, having all these different types of specializations, which I can understand because. Do we really want like a super fragmented uh, landscape in physical therapy where everybody, everything is a specialization? So I, I get where they're coming from. So they also still want people uh, to provide ther therapy uh, to people with intermittent claudication without being in the network. Um, that's a group. Um, we, we also try to facilitate, we've tried to make available like the compass for them as well. Uh, but so far we've never had a, anybody request uh, a usage of compass from outside of the network. So I, th I think that that group is actually very, very small. My last question, um, you know, you started this network around intermittent claudication. Have you tried to expand it uh, to other conditions more broadly? And if so, has that been successful? Oh. Yeah. Can I uh, answer this? Yes. Uh, really happy that you, uh, that you asked this because I'm very proud that claudication that has evolved into chronic care net. Uh, and that's not in the article or at the end as ambition, maybe in the article. Um, but we expanded the network to other chronic conditions as well. So currently, physiotherapists are also trained or can choose to also train uh, to treat patients with uh, COPD. Is it English as well? Yes, right? COPD. <laughs> COPD. Uh, heart failure. Um, osteoporosis. Is it English? Yeah. Um, and we're trying to align also with a program which is called Fit for Surgery, uh, which aims to provide physiotherapy to patients on forehand of their uh, operation. So, uh, yeah, we, we expanded the network to provide the same care as we did for intermittent claudication to, uh, to other patient groups as well, which is also uh, very successful and uh, growing uh, every day. And also the data gathering is uh, set up for those other patient categories. Quite happy that they all talk about, will, will there also be a compass for those uh, yeah. <laughs> um, conditions? And everybody's like full on, yes, let's, let's make one. Um, because now even the therapists are asking about it. Like, okay, if we get into this, Will we get the same thing as we had in intermittent claudication? Uh, I think that just tells the story um, of, of of how you how you can work with this. And 
also to to circumpass, uh, we made it um, thinking we could improve the prediction, finding out that we could actually improve the quality of the conversation, which resulted in a whole bunch of new studies where we were looking at uh, shared decision-making, uh, person-centered care, and we found that there's still room for improvement uh, in those elements. So even uh, Compass is now evolving into Compass Plus. We were out of creativity on that one. Um, but we made a whole new uh, decision support system to actually help therapists and patients to uh, go through uh, all the different steps of shared decision making and to actually give them a, a voice. And uh, a new uh, PhD student is now working on that topic as well. And uh, we, we just uh, uh, started uh, implementing this uh, uh, to half of the network because we're doing a cluster randomized uh, controlled trial where we want to look at like what happens if we do this. So that's also crazy when you have a really good data set, you can just implement something in half your country. Uh, that, that will result in numbers that um, we're, we're not typically uh, seeing in, uh, run, uh, in, in studies in uh, physical therapy. Well, thank you both uh, for taking the time to talk to me about this exciting work and congratulations on the work. I think it's really uh, groundbreaking and important and, and I look forward to, to hearing and reading more about it as, as your work expands. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you.